you'll take your Bible, there'll be a Bible there in the seat back in front of you, as well as uh, the uh, words will be, verse will be on the screen as well. We're going to be looking tonight at Psalm chapter 122, verse number 1. That's Psalms 122 and verse number 1. Those who are able, if you'll stand at this time for the reading of God's Word, Psalm 122 and verse number 1. The Bible says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Let's pray. Dear Lord, different things, uh, but uh, it's, it's encouraging me, to me, but also kind of bittersweet as well. So, uh, but thank you for that, Matt and Lauren playing as well. All right, um, we're going to jump right in because we are, uh, we are well behind in terms of time, but glad for the opportunities that we've had already thus far. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we're thankful for what you've given us already, and we ask now that you'd uh, speak to our hearts. Help us, Lord, in these uh, few moments that we have. And Lord, we'd ask you to be pleased by what's said and done, lead and guide and direct our words, our thoughts. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Winning at what matters most. Uh, we, uh, we have talked particularly, um, and the passage that Andy led us in reading there was uh, very simply... Um, there in the Psalms, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. David, of course, was called a man after God's own heart. I think there's a multitude of reasons why that could have been. I think this might be one of them um, because he had a, a right attitude about the things of God, particularly God's house. But uh, we mentioned just several, several things very quickly, a proper place for our possessions. We talked about how David wasn't able to build the house of God. And uh, instead of packing up his, his toys and running home, he said, I'm going to lay it up for somebody else who's coming behind me. And he knew he was never going to get to build a house of God, but he wanted to make sure that it was in good shape when it came time to build. You know, sometimes you, you, you have to always remember, um, you, are, uh, uh, you may be laying a foundation for a building you never get to see. You know, you talk about having a school, my children will never go there, they're already done. Possibly our grandchildren, but sometimes my, people look at things and say, well, I'll never have a child that it's in there. But uh, you can't approach things that way. I was, uh, I was doing some reading this week, and um, I was reading a story about the uh, Washington Monument. And they shut down building the Washington Monument for decades when they initially began. And I know this, you think, why do I care about the Washington Monument? Okay, I, I understand that. But the point is, a lot of the people... Uh, by the time they saw it come to fruition, in fact, the man who was supposed to give the dedication when they thought it was going to be completed, roughly three decades later, he's on his deathbed. He doesn't even get to attend the dedication, but he pursued it, and he wanted it to happen. And so uh, it, of course, stands there. I, I think it's 555 feet tall there in uh, the center of the, the mall area. Uh, in Washington, D.C., but a lot of times you're building for somebody else, you know. Um, some of you, in fact, there's, there's a family in this church that pays someone's way to camp every year who no longer has children who go to camp, and uh, they just do. My wife and I taught in a Christian school for a number of years, and there was a, there was a couple there whose last child graduated to this day. To this day, they pay the monthly tuition payment every month. And they said, we want somebody to be able to go. We got used to paying it, and so we're happy to continue paying it. You know what that is? Someone says, well, that's crazy. No, that's forward thinking. It really is. 
we don't we don't give in this life for us. If we do, we're missing it altogether. I mean, if we just say, "Well, I'm going to give," but I want to see I want to see some some result of it, some tangible result of it, then you're missing the point of it altogether. David knew he was never. Think about that. He knew he was never going to get to see the house of God. That's a that's a that's a staggering thing. And so instead of packing it up and going home, he said, let's get everything ready we possibly can. Because though I don't get to see it, I want it to be the best it ever was. And that's how, that's how he lived his life. Maybe that's one of the reasons why God said he was a man after his own heart. I don't know. I don't know. But, um, boy, you, you have to live. You know, that's, that's why the Word of God says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And sometimes you could say, the evidence of things never seen. Never. You give to missionaries that you'll never see their work, right? We get the emails from missionaries who tell us, hey, we did this, this happened. Well, I've never seen it. But I, I'm, we're, we're laying up for something that we know is be- bigger and better than us. Not because we want to enjoy it, but because we know it's the right thing to do. And so those of you who do those kinds of things, you know, as you see those young people, who have an opportunity to do good things. Um, you know, what was it, two years ago, we, we raised the money, and in, in three weeks' time, we raised the money to buy that white shuttle. And today, there were children coming to church. People were brought to church on that vehicle that some of you gave for, sacrificially. Some of you, maybe, who've never even ridden on it. But you didn't give, so, well, I want to ride. I put, if you want to ride, we'll take around the parking lot after church, Okay. Just can't take your cereal on there. But, uh, but hey, and you don't give that way. And I know I'm, I'm you know, preaching the choir, figuratively speaking. But always keep that in mind because David said, well, if I can't build it, I want to make it right for somebody who can. And, uh, boy, that's, uh, that's just such a great, great truth uh, from the Lord about David and his life, proper place for my possession. Secondly, a proper place for God's blessing. I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwell. The third thing we said, a proper place to give him preeminence. And I'm going to preach about this soon, um, Lord willing. But sometimes we, our culture has given us the, con- the conception of church being for us. It really does. You know, we, we go because some people will go to church because, hey, I like this music or I like this style. This is for me. This is, but church has never been about us. Now, we've, we've crafted it that way. And we've, be- we've become so consumer-oriented, you know? It's, a, it's the what's-in-it-for-me mentality, and you can't approach church that way. You can approach your house that way. You can approach McDonald's that way, but you can't approach church that way because this place is totally unique. There's nothing like it in the world. It's God's house, and so we can't, we can't just craft it out, and I'm going I'm to have to slow down here because I'm going to get into some of my thoughts for that down the road, but, but church was never designed for you to find your enjoyment there. Church was a place to serve. It's a place to honor and worship Him. You come into His presence. I will enter into His courts with thanksgiving in my heart. Not, well, okay, give me what you got. I hope it's good. I hope I enjoy this. I hope I like this. And we, we've kind of missed it. But anyway, I don't, I don't, I'm going I'm to get on with that. But it is a proper place to give Him His preeminence. And it is a proper place to hear from Him and then uh, we mentioned a proper place to remain, and then a proper place to develop relationships. 
and uh, we shared a few thoughts about that, and then I want to move right on to this next thought, and that is this. Church is a wonderful thing because you can come regardless of your condition. It's one of the hardest things for me as a pastor particularly is knowing that whatever God has given me to preach, I struggle sometimes because, I, and I don't, I don't try to do this anymore, but I used to particularly when I was younger. I, I would I would try to think, who can I help? But I leave literally, and when I, when I come, and I, I, I told my wife, I said, I woke up at 3.30 this morning, I was thinking about church, and uh, I know you probably did too, but I did. So at 3.30, I rolled around, but I was wide awake, and I told her, I said, I, you know, I was trying to, there's, there's no easy way to sneak out of bed at 3.30 in the morning, and especially, I don't know how you get, ladies, how your husband is, I think I'm quiet as a mouse. My wife says that is not true at all. I, but, but literally, I, I, I think I can just kind of creep out, you know, not make any noises. It's the house that makes noises when you walk and those kind of things. That's not me. That's not on me, man, all right? That's on the house and the carpet and the framing and all that kind of stuff because there's creaking. Of course, now as I'm getting older, it is me sometimes creaking. But, you know, it, it, and I was wide awake thinking about it. Sometimes, sometimes I'm thinking, you know, who, who needs something today? I say it from time to time. When you come to church I can't begin, I couldn't even try to figure out who's going through this, who's going through that, because sometimes nobody knows except you and God. You know, the gentleman who came today and got saved, Andy got to lead him to the Lord. I didn't know. I didn't have any way of knowing that he was going to show up after having, I mean, one, I think he told you this, he called me from Iraq on Christmas. I get this satellite phone, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, what in the world? I, I didn't recognize the number because I don't have a lot of Iraqi friends, but uh, and not throwing off on you if you do, but I did, I'm thinking Iraq, satellite phone, and so I'm thinking my brother's not there. He's retired, so I know he's called me from, you know, different places over the years, but, and, it's, and he says, hey, he said, I was just thinking about you. It's Christmas. He said, and I, I had you on my mind, and he said, I, I wanted to give you a call, and I said, how are you doing? And we talked for a few minutes. That was the last time I've talked to him, and here he comes this morning. And he comes down to the altar, prays, and in his prayer, you know, he just he said, I'm a sinner, I need to be saved. But, but he came, and God knew he was going to be here. And Whatever your condition is, whatever your situation is, sometimes you think, I, in fact, I remember a guy, my wife and I were visiting a guy years ago, knocked on his door, and uh, he, he said this to me, and he was, he was dead serious. I, t- I told him, I said, I want to invite you to church. He said, I'm not coming. I said, okay. <laughs> you know, by, by the way, it's, this doesn't kind of leave a whole lot of room for conversation. Well, it's a nice day, though, isn't it? <laughs> you know, I, how about those, uh, you know, whoever? How about those ducks? There you go. And uh, football season, right? Right around the corner. Some of you are smiling already. Um, and, and so, you know, we, we wouldn't say that back in Kentucky unless you were shooting them. But, uh, but anyway, Robert's saying amen to that. Of course, um, anyway, I'm going to leave that alone because I've got to keep moving. But I said to this individual, I said, would you come to church? No, I'm not coming. I said, I said uh, and so I, you know, it's kind of, uh, you know, you don't know what to say. But I, and I tried to invite him and open up a little further, and he said, you don't need me in church. I said, church is for everybody. He said, not for me. He said, if I go to church, he said, it'll, it'll hurt the whole spirit of the place. And I, I said, why is that? And he said, I'm away from God, and I don't want to get right with God. Oh, Okay. <laughs> all right, <laughs> you know, see ya, <laughs> you know, and, and he was very, very serious. He, by the way, he eventually did come, but it was a long time before he did, and he got right with God, and he gave a testimony in church, and I, I remember it, you know, about how he wasted all those years running from God, getting away from God, 
but sometimes you come to church and you think, man, I'm not in any kind of condition to be in church. I shouldn't be in church. Hey, remember this. Church isn't a museum where everybody's going to show up. Look at me. I'm so spiritual today. I mean, come on, look at me. You know, don't, don't I look? So I, I just look like super Christian. I got a big SC on my chest. Da, 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 da. You know, I, are, are you kidding? Uh, in fact, I've got these crazy socks on, right? You see my socks? And the only reason I'm showing them is because, and I, a guy told me today on the way out, he said, can I see your socks again? And I said, sure. And uh, he said, I was just curious. He said, because they match nothing you're wearing. <laughs> and I told him, I said, I got a tattoo right here, exact same sign right there. So, but um, no, I don't. It's on this side. But um, he, he said, he said, doesn't match the thing you're wearing. I said, you know, it doesn't have to anymore right? Come on now. Some of you young people don't leave me hanging there. And so my girls have bought me some of these crazy socks. My wife bought me a pair of two of them. And, they, and they, they, you, you don't have to. In fact, now it is actually kind of cool to not even have the same socks. Socks can be totally different. I'm not there yet. Maybe some Sunday we'll have crazy sock day and we'll just do whatever. But uh, in regards to your socks, you know. But so, so we come to church and many times we think, well, I want everybody to see me and think that everything's great. The fact is, you could come in tonight, and spiritually speaking, you crawled in. Beaten down, broken down, bruised, spiritually hungered, and uh, wondering, is God even hearing me, knowing you're away from God, or maybe somebody not even saved. And I don't know anybody's particular spiritual condition. That's between you and the Lord. But don't ever get to the place, and by the way, it'll be a lie from hell if you ever think, I can't come because of my condition. That's like somebody saying, I can't go to the doctor. I don't feel well. Yeah. I'm, I'm not about to go to the hospital, man. I'm sick. Yeah. Now, I know when you go in, they tell you don't come in if you're sick, which is always kind of crazy, but they give you these masks and tell you, you know, put these on if you have a cold. I'm thinking, everybody here is sick. What are you talking about? And I understand all you healthcare professionals. They're not wanting to spread it, make it worse. I'm not picking on anybody, but it always just strikes me kind of funny. People are, you know, you, you can have germs here. Right. Like the hospital has none. But I, 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 I get it. They just, they have you sit on that paper from the butcher shop, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. And I don't even know what that's all about. But my, my point is, you don't come to church because everybody's got it all together. You come to church because you realize, I need something from him. And I've got to hear from God today, so I can come regardless of my condition. I want to look at three things very, very quickly, and I think that's probably as far as we'll get tonight. Notice Luke chapter 21. I won't have time to turn to these, but I'm going to throw them up there on the screen for you. Luke 21, verse 1 through 4. Very familiar passage, but notice this. And he looked up and saw the rich men casting their gifts into the treasury. He saw also a certain poor widow casting in thither two mites, story of the widow with mites. And he said, of a truth, I say unto you that this poor widow hath cast in more than they all. For all these have of their abundance cast in on the offerings of God, but she of her penury hath cast in all the living that she had. Here, here's the way the offerings were taken up typically. Um, and so, sometimes you'll see this in, in older churches, certain parts of the world. Offerings are done in a public display. They will have like a chest or a, a box, and you'll go by and you'll drop in your offering. Now, we don't, we don't do that, but we typically pass the offering plates, and if we don't get enough, we're going to start passing it again. Uh, we'll do a second time. You know, it's like seconds and so on and so forth. I'm kidding. Don't worry. Don't freak out. But they'll have this box here, and so in this box, um, you'll have people come by. Typically, what would happen, in fact, Jesus spoke against this crowd, would be those who come by, and as they're, they're dropping 
their offering in. Was it Janice? You said never turn your back to the crowd. Remember VBS and, and you and Amanda were talking about, hey, Andy and I were going through the backpack, and they said we did a no-no by turning our back to the crowd, but it was because we couldn't find what was in the, in the but anyway, okay. And was, I told you, man, so much stuff happens here. Forget about it. If you don't know what I'm talking about, that's okay. Just, just leave the three of us alone. But so here they are, and they've got the, the treasury boxes right here. And what would happen is those who came by with their wealth and their riches and their abundance, they would literally turn to face the crowd so that you could see what they were dropping in the offering. That's why the Word of God, when it speaks, when the Lord spoke in Matthew about, be careful to do not your alms or your gift or your giving before men. Because, in fact, the Bible says that's your reward. And so here came in these who had great vast sums, and they were dropping it in. Did you see that? In fact, maybe they were doing it in slow motion so more people... I'm serious. They really wanted people to get a look at what they were doing for God. And by the way, it doesn't apply necessarily to, to monetary gifts only. It could be you doing something for the Lord wanting to make sure everybody sees you. You know? Like you're walking around with a bag of trash and you take three laps around the church just so everybody sees you. I've never seen anybody do that, but I just quick illustration there. Some of, some of you are saying, I only did two. Okay, God bless you. But so here's the, the offering bucket, and so they, they come by and throw it in. But then up comes this lady, a widow, the Bible says. In fact, the Bible says a certain widow. And she comes up. She's very, very secretive about it. But she's not secret about it for any other reason except that she's embarrassed. She's ashamed. She wished she had more to give. And so she drops in two mites. And really, in terms of financial gain, it wasn't much. But, you know, as the songwriter says, little is much when God is in it. And, and, and God can take whatever you are giving and multiply it. Uh, the, the Bible's filled with examples of that. But in this particular case, here was an individual who just put in two mites. I mean, I mean just such a, a minimal, minuscule amount. And so the, the first thought that we have is giving regardless of our condition. The first one is little possessions, little possessions. Because not every, everybody in here has a, you know, different amount of finances. Some people are in good shape. Some people are in bad shape. There's no question about it. Some people have been blessed and favored and done well, and some have for whatever reason. And uh, you, I'm, I'm, not, I'm just saying, that's the, that's the reality of it. You know, as uh, I, I mentioned the missions offering envelopes. And by the way, I say it every week, we, we need people to give to missions over and above what you regularly give. We, there's a work to do, man. The gospel needs to be spread here and abroad, and uh, we're not looking to do less. We're wanting to do more. And so that, that means, hey, th- throw in some extra money. Some of you throwing in extra money is 20 bucks. And for you, it's extra. And really, 20 bucks is a stretch. But everybody ought to throw in something towards a missions conference. Some of you, it would be a stretch for you to throw in 500 or 1,000 bucks. It would, it, wouldn't, it would not be a huge stretch for you. That's between you and God. And I, I don't know what you give. I don't know who gives what. But, but I know this. When you are giving, you can give regardless of your condition. When you are serving, you can serve regardless of your condition. And this example here is coming with little possessions. Because this church is not based on who has what. It's really based on who has him. 
That's all that matters at the end of the day. So the first example we look at, coming regardless of our condition, is the widow with her two mites, little possessions. In fact, we'd say of her, she was almost giving in. She's just, I, I'm at the end. I've got nothing left, but I'm going to give it to God. The second one we're going to look at is in the Gospel of Luke. And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. It's on the screen there in front of you. Follow along with me. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I'm not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. Can you see this prayer? Because he has to at least be with an eyesight and earshot of this publican. And he's boasting on his own greatness. He, and by the way, you see how far his prayer went. The Bible says, and he prayed thus with himself. Man, I don't want my prayers to be, uh, I, I might as well say, dear Stu. I don't want that. But that's what this guy was praying. Now, he was praying to the Lord. He's, he was calling out his name, but God said it stopped right there. And the reason is because we see the arrogance and the pride in his heart, and we see this individual, and he, he, he separates and distinguishes himself from the publican. He says, I, I'm thankful, God, that I'm not, I'm not a bad guy. Then we see he's beginning to boast on all of the, his good deeds. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven. It's an amazing contrast. But smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this is the Lord speaking, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. We go back to the point again. I can come regardless of my condition. We see the widow with her two mites, little possessions, almost giving in. We see the publican with his sin, little piety, almost giving out. I mean, he was just at the end. He said, I've got no hope. I have no hope. I led, uh, led someone to the, to the Lord uh, this summer, and they were sharing with me about their life, and they began to list some of their sins. And by the way, I always, I always try to stop people. I say, look, you don't need to tell me your sins, because you don't need to confess them to me. You need to confess them to Him. And, and our culture's kind of twisted us that way. They want to they tell. And I'm not, I'm not talking about counseling or helping somebody through a difficult thing. I, that's not what I'm talking about. But they, they made this statement to me. They said, could God forgive me for that? And you might be here tonight and think, boy, I'm away from God. I've blown it. I'm horrible. I'm terrible. By the way, it's a good thing to get to the end of yourself because this man was not. I mean, he, he, was, he was that, boy, I thank thee that I'm not like this publican. He was just in his own eyes, and so he prayed to himself. But he, he shows the contrast in the publican who wouldn't even lift his eyes up towards heaven. He said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And he realized that he needed God to get beyond himself. So we see the widow with her two mites, little possessions, the publican with his sins, little piety. And then we also notice, uh, still in the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter number 2, and this is the story of Simeon. Simeon has been waiting for what is referenced as the consolation of Israel. He, He knew that the Messiah was coming. He just hoped he could see it. He believed it, even though he knew he may never see it. But notice the passage on the screen before you. Behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. The same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Man, can you imagine that? By the way, can you imagine living such a good, holy, wholesome life that what the Spirit of God said, hey, you'll see him. 
And he knew it and he believed it and he had that faith. And the Bible says, and he came by the Spirit in the temple. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. So we see it's a place I can come regardless of my condition. We see three contrasting stories here from Luke. We see the widow with little possessions, the public with little piety, and Simeon with little prayer because his prayer was very simple. And he just wanted to see the Lord. He didn't have a massive request. Now, how does this apply to us? Very clearly, all three of these things. It doesn't matter what you have, church is for you. It doesn't matter. You know, sometimes people say, well, I don't fit in there. I don't, I don't have this, and I don't dress like so-and-so. Or I, don't, I don't have the, the job or the, the um, vocabulary or the speech or the upbringing. I, I, I don't fit in there. No, 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 no. When that woman came into that assembly, and yes, there were those who were assembled who were in fine clothes of the, clothing of the day, and they brought in great vast sums, and then all of a sudden she drops in two mites. And in her own shame and embarrassment, she felt humbled. She felt, I don't belong here. I don't fit in. Don't ever feel that way about the house of God. Because if it's genuinely the house of God, you're more than welcome. It's for you. It is. And so I can come regardless of my condition if it's little possessions. Then secondly, I can come if I have little piety. Piety meaning holiness. So you don't have to get yourself cleaned up spiritually for church. Now, we should come with an earnest expectation to hear from the Lord, but the fact is, you can come to the house of God regardless of your condition. I'm going to tell you something. You ever get away from God, don't listen to the devil when he says you don't have any business in church. I've had people tell me that. I used the illustration earlier. I've had people say, I don't have any business in church. I'm away from God. Wait a second. Are you kidding me? That's like I'm sick. I'm not going to the doctor. Same exact thing as I said before. You don't ever get so far away from God. that you listen to the lie from the devil that I can't go to church anymore. No, 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 no. And I tell you tonight, if you ever get away from God, this place, God willing, as long as you're 98.6 and vertical and you've got an opportunity to get the house of God, you're always welcome here. You're not going to get a downcast look from me. I mean, I, I... Forgive me for using the example again, but when I saw, when I, when I saw Dave walk in back there, hadn't seen him in over a year, witnessed to him at his house, witnessed to him in the office, my wife and I multiple times. I, I can't tell you how many times. My, my reaction was awesome, awesome. And every child of God rejoices when God does something. A genuine child of God who's right with God, they don't ever look at anybody, oh, why is he here? By the way, if you ever do that with anybody that ever comes to the house of God, you better check up on some things in your life. If you ever, ha- if you ever cast a wayward eye or glance or word, or, uh, you, you, that, that should never, ever find a welcome place within the heart of a child of God or God's house and God's people. It should always be, you, you come to the Lord's house, this is the Lord's house. And if God is moving, God is working, it's a marvelous thing for the child of God. I, you know, somebody comes down to the altar, I, man, I rejoice. I, don't, I, just, I wonder what they're here for. They came last week. I guess they didn't get anything done. I, I don't have, that, that's a bunch of junk. That's not of God. And so don't take that approach. And I, I, I know this. I can come regardless of my condition. So we see little possessions, little piety, and then thirdly, little prayer. And by that, I mean Simeon with his hope. He was on the waning edges of life. 
And the Holy Spirit told me, he said, before you leave this life, you will get to see the consolation of Israel, the coming of the Lord. You know, sometimes when you come to church, look at me, and I'll be done. Here's your hope. It's just hanging on. Sometimes you come to church. Okay, I'll just use me as an example. There are times when I've been in church, and I knew it was the right thing to do, but my faith was shot. Come on, don't leave me hanging. Times when I knew it was the right place to go, right time to be there, but I just wondered, has God got anything for me today? I was desperate spiritually. Doesn't doesn't mean I had everything figured out and I could look the part and sing the songs and say the right words, but I was just coming. And you know how much hope I had? That much. And so when you ever get to the place where you think, man, why do I need church? I want to make sure that I'm winning at what matters most because I can come regardless of my possessions, regardless of my piety, and regardless, regardless of my prayer and my hope, if it's just so little, you keep coming. Do you, ever ch- do you ever tell a child, don't pray? Doesn't do any good? No, you know what you do to that child? You encourage them. In fact, sometimes as a parent, you maybe want to work behind the scenes to try to make their prayer come true. Because you, 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 you want them to see God work. But God in heaven is working far more than that. Because God looks at each and every one of us and He says, just keep asking. Just keep trusting. Just keep believing. And don't let your possessions, your piety, or your, your prayer be the thing that discourages you. Because church will always be a place that you can come regardless of your condition. Shall we stand? Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Very, very quickly, just in way of invitation, how many of you would say, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, you'd say, well, God spoke to me about something tonight. Would you lift your hand just very quickly? God bless you. Many, many hands. In a moment, we'll have an invitation. You'll have an opportunity to respond. You're welcome to pray there at your seat. I always encourage us to do business with God when He's speaking. I don't ever want to take that for granted. I don't ever want to say, well, I'll, I'll, I'll get that settled next week. Next week may not come. Or it may come and I'm not moved. I'm not touched. It may come and I'm not responding. So I don't ever want to get to the place where I'm feeling like, I'll just put that off. I'll kick that down the road. I don't ever want to do that. Because if God speaks to your heart, move. That it, it is unbelievable that God in heaven would reach down and be so concerned about me and my life. And I don't want to take that for granted. Ever take that for granted. Lord, would you bless in the invitation, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. While the piano plays, would you mind the Lord? Just very, very quickly. If you feel led or compelled to come, I encourage you to do that. I surrender all. Have you minded the Lord just very, very quickly? She'll play one more verse. All to Jesus I surrender. All to Him I freely give.
in his presence daily live. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior. All right, you may look this way. Man, I'd say it encourages my heart seeing all these little ones at the altar. And uh, moms and dads, if your kids ever want to come to the altar, man, you, you don't ever, ever discourage a child from making a move to God. Um, don't ever. You say, well, I, and, and I know sometimes the temptation. We went through stages sometimes when our, when our girls would go to the altar every week. And, uh, you know, I, I don't ever think, well, hey, I, you know, you guys just went last week. You know, really? I, I don't ever say that about the fridge. You know, or the, the, the pantry, you know. Uh, you guys were there last week. You're good. You didn't, no, you, not, not for church, boy. Don't ever, don't ever discourage them. Well, praise the Lord. Thank you for being here tonight. And it is cereal night. And so I know that uh, maybe that's what they were praying for, those kids. Pray that the... Uh, uh, Captain Crunch is not all gone, or whatever it is. I don't know. Um, how many brought something sweet tonight? How many brought something healthy? Okay, because I, I don't want the healthy stuff, not when it comes to cereal. All right. I'm going to pray, and uh, we'll be dismissed. And um, I, t- I tell you what, you parents, we're, we're going to have plenty. There, w- there will be plenty of food, but help your young people as they go through. And I need you to help me with this. Don't bring any of it in here. 